Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to the Weekly Pass live from Hooters North Arlington. And here with Holly Huggins. Yep. She's actually right next to me, Sean, but it doesn't look like it because we had some technical difficulties. But we're happy to have my good friend, Sean, and actually my boss, too, Holly. (laughs) (laughs) So he is an all-pro, obviously we know that, when he was with the Chargers, and then he's a founder and CEO of Amazing Lights Out, which we know the MMA, where I'm the ring reporter, and we're happy to have Sean here. Welcome, Sean. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Now, Sean, I don't know how much you'll get into it, but I want to talk about the Chargers, and I don't know how candid you can be, but I want to get down to the fact that Jim Harbaugh said that Justin Herbert is the best quarterback in the league. Now, is he saying that because he wants to be coach, or do you believe that statement? And is there so much talent wasted because there's been bad coaches year after year with the Chargers? Well, you, you know, to be honest, um, First of all, Jim Harbaugh has been been looking to get back into the NFL. You know, I don't know if anybody been watching the last couple of years. I know he's had yeah. a lot of like success at at Michigan, but his his whole idea was to get back into the NFL. And him saying Justin Herbert was the was the best quarterback in the NFL, I, I think it's a valid a valid opinion. And that's also saying that what he knows he can do with him, right? Because we we've seen what what Jim Harbaugh has done to average or maybe above average quarterbacks. I mean, the time it was with, with San Francisco and what he did with them, taking them all the way to the Super Bowl or whatnot, he knows how to coach. Now, you know, my, my biggest thing personally is that he's a big name, right? You got to pay a lot of money for big names. And what kind of control is he going to want coming in? What is he going to – who is he going to want to bring in in his own staff? Like, it, there's a lot to go with when you got a guy like Jim Harbaugh or, or Bill Belichick. There's a lot to go into that. So I'm not saying that he wouldn't be. I'm just saying that whatever whatever next move decisions they make, it has to be the best one. And their next move has to be the best move because you got a quarterback here, Justin Herbert, who could be league MVP, right? He has the strongest and biggest arm in the National Football League, and he could be MVP. So whoever you bring in this time, they, they have to get it right. Now, Sean, is it fair to say that fans don't like to spend money when it comes to a coach? Because, for my opinion, the last time I think y'all had a great coach was Marty Schottenheimer. Yeah, it, it's, it's a give and take, right? Because, you know, a lot of people are fascinated with these big names, right? You see Jim Harbaugh out there. You see Bill Belichick. Like, okay, let's get them. We're going to win, right? And that's not the case. Now, bringing, bringing uh, you know, a new coach or a big coach like that doesn't guarantee anything other than – Hey, we, we, we think we're going to get the uh, the biggest thing coach that's going to satisfy our fan, our fan base and like keep everybody happy because you have no idea what's going to happen when they get in there. And so look, there's about, in my opinion, there's about five or six coaches across the board that I think they should look at. Right. And by the way, Tom Telesco was also let go. So you ain't just looking at head coaches. You're looking at GMs as well. Right. So right. I, I think uh, I think at the end of the day, what it's really going to come down to is um What's going to happen over these next three weeks? They had a um, um, uh, gift coach, Giff, who was my defensive line coach actually in Buffalo, who's the head interim coach, interim head coach now. And I talked to him the other day, and he's he he's just more concentrated on putting out a better product for these next you know three or four weeks, whatever how many games is left. He's not he doesn't care about the future. He's not saying hey I'm I'm auditioning for a head, a head coaching job. Giff's whole mindset in these next few weeks is let's get 
the best product, the best team out there on the football field and go from there. So as long as they do that, I think the fan base will be happy. But they got to find a way to finish up strong these last couple games. So, Sean, this, so there's a blowout loss to the Raiders. We see him clean house. And then we got Coach Giff come in. You got JoJo coming in as interim GM. Sean Merriman is in the front office in charge of hiring for these positions moving forward. Who does Sean Merriman put in these positions? Uh, it, you know, it's – um. It's a it's a tough position, right? Because if anybody asks me about any regrets I have over my career, and it's, it's the, the number one and probably the only one is not being able to win the ring, right? From those teams that we had from 05 to 2010, we legitimately legitimately had a shot to win about two or three rings in that in that five or six year period. So you go down there, one of the greatest or some of the greatest teams in football that we've ever had, and you go to these blank spots where they didn't win for a long time. You got Phillip Rivers there who will probably be up for Hall of Fame at some point. And then Philip Rivers passes a torch right off to Justin Herbert, which, by the way, hardly ever happens. You, you don't, you know, you don't get a chance to move on from a potentially Hall of Fame quarterback to another guy who could potentially also be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Normal teams, we're seeing it with the Patriots and everybody else. When you got a great quarterback stepping out, the Steelers, same thing with Ben Roethlisberger, they haven't found a replacement. Whenever you got a great quarterback like that for so long, it is hard to find your next guy yet that can come into play. So. There's a there's a lot of, like I, I, you asking me I, I kind of wouldn't want to be in that situation because there's a lot of implications on the line right I, I would I would um what I would do is whoever I bring in would would, would definitely be on a tightrope no matter what right you don't have a three to five year window to figure it out whatever you do we need some immediate changes even if it's the changes that I don't personally like as a owner or as a front office. We need immediate change. And so whoever they bring in, they do not have a three-year window to figure it out. They got to come in and make and make make it happen now because of this roster that they do have currently. Now, Sean, Brandon Staley, when they hadn't first made that hire, what were your thoughts? I mean, he's more of an analytics guy, but were, did you like him in the beginning? Yeah, so, you know, uh, Coach Staley reached out to me when he got hired. Um, the night he did. And we talked on the phone for about 25 or 30 minutes. And, you know, the crazy thing is he said all the right things, right? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Bonnie Jeff, you just said he's very uh, very data-driven, like all the right things, right, that you want to hear from your head coach, good leader. I mean, a few times I wanted to get up and run through a wall. You know, like he, I was like, okay, damn, I can play for this dude, right? Um, and he even had some shining moments in this couple of years that he was there. It was like, man, he's turned this thing around. This is a new football team. And then you got these spots like, dude, what the hell are you thinking? Right. Why, why would you do that? And what I started to see towards the end, kind of to rub me the wrong way, is the back and forth with the media. So media's job sometimes is just to, their, their job is to answer questions. And when you're not playing well, you're not performing, for performing. Trust me, it is hard to answer these questions and stand in front of that microphone while you're getting drilled by questions that you don't necessarily want to answer. It, it is a difficult situation, but guess what? That's what you signed up to do. You have to answer those questions because that's they're doing their job. And then also, guess what? The fans want to hear. The fans want to know what in the hell were you thinking? What happened on that fourth and uh, two? What happened on this down? What happened in the, in the game? So when I start to see that, that shows me that uh, somebody was in that position that couldn't handle they should not have been in that position for that particular reason because it's easy to answer questions when things are going going great, right? You can right. stand in front of the microphone all day, but when you when things aren't going well, 
aren't going in your in your favor, that's when it's a little bit more difficult because now you know you're in the hot seat. And, and his his tenure at the end, these last three or four weeks, it just showed that he wasn't the guy for that job. And we know, Shauna, you're very proud of being a Chargers alum. And sometimes you got to take over some of these trolls coming at you. And you always handle it pretty funny. Have you seen all the stuff he says? It's pretty great. Standing up. <laughs> Stand up against those trolls, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> is it hard being watching your Chargers going through this? And some people even say the Chargers have like a curse. Uh, but I know you stay loyal, but is it tough? No, it's not tough for me. Um, I think it would be tough for the average fan. Look, I, I bled and, and 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 cried and broken bones and ligaments for this organization. It's it's okay for me to stand with it, win, lose, a draw because it's nowhere else for me to go. Right? That's that's mm-hmm. those are my guys. But as a fan, um, I think that when the move happened from San Diego to to LA, it was difficult for a lot of people to understand and get over. I mean, there's a lot of people in San Diego who just plain pissed off. 20, 30, 40-year season ticket holders, they were not going to renew their tickets. They weren't coming to L.A. games. And without all that being said and all that being done, I think the Chargers done a great job at rebuilding that fan base, right? I remember when it was 50-50 in StubHub in that, in that little soccer stadium uh, down there. It was 50-50, or sometimes even worse. And you start to slowly, gradually see the fan base when they move back up to L.A., drafting Justin Herbert, Keenan Island, and all these guys, all these stars, Mike Williams. You started to see the fans kind of come back around, which is very hard to do when you make a move like that from San Diego to L.A. The last thing you want to do is piss off the fans, right? They, they've dealt with this for 20 years, back from 05, now back, you know, when we played, of not being able to, to, to get over that hump. And then you saw the last couple of weeks of them chanting fire Staley, guys, people walking out. People not uh, when they were playing Denver, it wasn't a lot of. I mean, by that fourth quarter came in Denver, it was all orange, all orange and blue in there. I mean, it was it was it was bad. And so when you when you look at it like that, that's your that's the last straw as an organization to make a move. And I think that it was it was appropriate. I thought they even stuck by him a lot longer than I than I probably would have. But I get why they did. You know, they had, you know, three or three or four coaches, uh, coordinators with Justin Herbert the last, you know, three, four years. I mean, it's, it's been a, ro- a rotating door. So I understood what I did, what they, why they did it, but it was time for them to move on. Uh, Holly and I were former Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. So we want to talk about the Cowboys game a little bit. Obviously, they got demolished by the Bills, and Dak had the problem playing in the cold weather outdoors. Now, Sean, you came from Maryland, born and raised. Was it ever hard for you to play in different elements? I mean, is that something to be said with certain players that they can't play in the cold, or is that just an excuse? I, I think it's uh, – I always thought it was an excuse, you know, because I did play a couple – you know, three years, almost three years in Buffalo. And I, the hardest thing living out in Buffalo, honestly, is like you, you forgot to get something out, out your car, right? You got to go back out in the driveway or you got to <laughs> run up the street to a grocery store. Like – those things are tough. Three hours playing, that I think that is so overrated. You know, like your skin, your body doesn't get used to the cold because we're human. We're not, we're not seals. We're not, you know, we're not animals, right? And so I don't, your body doesn't get used to the cold. So if you look at it, the adrenaline for those three hours are just running through you no matter what. So you don't, you're not sitting back saying, oh, I, I can't wait to get out this cold. Your adrenaline is going. And for whatever reason, we traveled when I was with the Chargers, we traveled into the Bills 
we always won. So that cold didn't mess with us too much. And then when I was with Buffalo, I was like, guys, what are we practicing outside for? I'm not going to get used to the cold. I'm going to be cold on Sunday as I am right now. And so I think it's always uh, it's one of those myths that people like yeah. a like a fake tough guy thing, right? Oh, we're going to get used to the cold. They can't handle the cold. No, we can't handle the cold because I don't like being in the cold, living here while it's cold. So that those three hours that make too much of a difference. So it's funny because I thought you were going to go somewhere else with that question, Bonnie Jill. Um, you know, you were just talking about, and and I've been a, a lifelong Dallas Cowboys fan, born and raised here in Texas. And sometimes it's just flat hard to be a Cowboys fan. And every year it's, you know, we them boys, this our year. And I think, you know, we're kind of in that cycle right now. And then you see them kind of just fall apart the closer it gets. And our hopes and dreams just kind of start to, you know, relax a little bit and go down the, <laughs> the pipeline. But then so, here, you know, you talk, yeah, you, you talk about this and then I watched how they trained or they got ready for the game this, this week in Buffalo and they were putting their footballs into ice buckets and trying to get the ball cold and get used to the feeling of the ball and things like that. And then, you know, then we see them play how they played last night. Like, oh, well, we knew we'd flinch, you know, Atlanta lost. We knew, I, there's, there's, no. It was painful to be a Dallas Cowboys fan last night to watch that game knowing, yes, they had clinched, but I'm sorry, last night the wheels yeah. fell off the bus. Yeah, did they play, Sean, like they didn't have anything to play for because they knew they had clinched? Because they still got to win some games. No, I, I think, for, first of all, you know, I, I don't want to uh, – Buffalo Bills is a, is a really good team when they decide to show up, right? Yes. If, if the, the team – that Josh Allen doesn't throw, you know, two interceptions. Yeah, hold on to the ball. <laughs> right. Hold on to the ball. Like they're they're they can beat anybody in the national football. They can beat anybody in the NFL. With the Cowboys, this is my thing. I, I always say that I believe personally that Dak Prescott is an above average quarterback, right? He's not elite, he's not exceptional. He's, not he's a, a above average quarterback. Now, that works if you got a number one wide receiver like a C.D. Lamb. That works if you got they're running the ball and they're blocking for him. I know that Zach uh, uh, Martin went down with that uh, knee or ankle injury, whatever he had. Um, you know, they got a defense. Two outstanding cornerbacks, right? One of them that could have been up for defensive player of the year at one point. Uh, I know Diggs went down. And so, yeah. Here we go. So, I got this for you. Merry Christmas. Yeah. I, don't, I, can't wear, so, I can't wear this right now. Yeah, sure. and, and then, you know, with, uh, with Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence, they, they got a hell of a team, and which is why Dak Prescott will always excel. And so I can't give them the stamp. I, and this is the problem. I got friends and family who are Dallas Cowboy fans through and through. And the only reason why they came to Chargers fan, uh, became a Chargers fan is because of me, or they became a Chargers fan because of me. The rest of my family are used to be Redskins slash, you know, Commanders fans and Dallas Cowboys fans and Raiders fans. That's what I grew up around. So I know exactly how to deal with y'all because I, I grew up in the house. <laughs> And the biggest look, the biggest problem I have, the biggest problem I've always had with the Cowboys is when you you got they got a really good team this year, a really good team. And so the expectations is so high. And every time there's a game one, right, they're going to win out in the division. They're the best team in that division, in my in my opinion. And they proved that with was Philly and every they're the best team in, in that division, in my opinion. They're going to win the, the games that they should win. But my take back will always be with the Dallas Cowboys is what happened last night when they actually do face a really good team. Yes. And what, hap what happened this year when they actually faced a really good team. And so until they get over that hump, they're talking about extending Dak Prescott's contract, right, and giving him another big contract. And I'm like, listen, I'm not giving him a dime until 
he gets them deep in the playoffs. Yes. When he gets them deep in the playoffs, pay him. But until that happens, I don't care about regular season numbers. That's that's always been my thing. And M- Micah Parsons is my boy. I just talked to us, uh, Stephen Jones. We I, I'm really close to the Jones family. We go yeah. back and forth every week on, on text messages. Um, I think the world of the organization of the front office, but those damn fans, man, y'all get like they get on my nerves, all of them. Because <laughs> they, they won't stop. They won't stop. That's always our year. Great boys. Well, we got a good big Monday night game. Yes. I mean, tonight, talking yes. about Philly, you know, I mean, let's, let's and Jalen's actually playing. He's been sick, but he's playing. Um, I got to ask, I know you're more of an AFC guy, Sean, but do you think the Cowboys can get through the 49ers? Because the 49ers, I believe, are the best football team in the NFC on both sides of the ball. I don't, I don't think anybody beating the 49ers right now. Now, um, you know, if somebody get hurt, Debo goes back down again, or Purdy, or somebody, if there's an injury, uh, McCaffrey, yeah, the chances go up, but right now they're playing they're, they're playing too high level of football right now for anybody, not just Cowboy, anybody to beat them. Um, now, with that being said, the teams that are playing the best and, and, and the healthiest going into the playoffs are the ones that I start to think, okay, they got a real shot at going deep in the playoffs. And you want to do everything you can to avoid the San Francisco 49ers early in the playoffs. You, if you – if you want a chance to go far, you you want to see them doing that NFC Championship game, right? So whoever whoever they play first is going to get knocked out. If it's the Cowboys, they're going to lose. Whoever they play is going to get knocked out. The best chance for them is to uh, and to see them in the NFC Championship game, and that's that's when you can they, they may have a shot then. Okay, before we go to lights out, I want to talk about the AFC. So if you got the 49ers for the NFC, staying healthy, who's your AFC championship? Uh, right, right now, I don't see anybody beating the Ravens. Um, the, the way the Ravens are playing, the way Lamar Jackson is playing, you know, I know they're talking a little bit about him winning the MVP last night during, you know, during the game or whatnot, or the other, the other night, uh, uh, you know, when they played. But truthfully, at the end of the day, they have the best total team right now, right? And I'm talking about offense, defense. They have the most aggressive team in football on, on defense right now. They're they're getting after you. They got the best two inside linebackers. Um, my pass rush coach, they brought him in, Chuck Smith, that I used to work with every offseason. Once I seen that, I said, okay, they they are definitely turning things around because I know how much we worked when I played and how much he helped me with my game. So Jadavion Clowney, Pat uh, Queen, um, Brokon Smith, they got a squad over there. So I, I would I would say right now, this current moment, I don't see anybody when it when it comes crunch time that's going to be able to beat the Ravens. I like it. And you live in Las Vegas, so the Super Bowl is going to be in Las Vegas. Are they going to be doing some other MMA fights in Las Vegas lights out? I'm working on it. They're, they're, uh, the commission process is a little, a little bit more difficult than everywhere else. Um, but this is always a destination. Um, you know, I was with, with, with Dana White the other night, and uh, I was you know presented at the, uh, at the World MMA Awards, and you know, even when I'm walking around, everybody's like, hey, when are you bringing a fight here to Vegas? Um, so it's definitely a, def- a destination for uh, for 2024. Texas, Arizona's up there. Go back to San Diego, of course. Uh, Bonnie, you know, we went down there to, to San Diego. And um, and so we, we got a lot of options. A lot of, you know, we, we just got word of jump. 90% viewership on, on Fubo, which moves us up there, you know, close to the top five or so. So all good things. But, you know, it's, it's hectic. <laughs> On this end, because it, it, it's uh, year round, it's nonstop. As soon as we get done with one fight, I'm back into, you know, venue, um, you know, sponsorship and everything else for for the remainder. 
One thing I like, Sean, is that you kind of do it all. You wear a lot of different hats. But Dana White has been like a mentor to you. I know he's a good friend as well. But what has he instilled or what kind of advice has he helped you along the way? You, you know, um, I'm a per- I don't ever really ask for anything. Like I, I'm like, uh, if someone's giving me information, and that's any any one of my friends or anybody I have a relationship with is very successful. I don't ever, I don't really ask for much, but sometimes they're going to tell you things that's way more worth than money, right? Or way more worth than um, than something they can give you. And with Dana, you know what I can really appreciate now being in this business is how they grew that business with the UFC because they grew in the times where social media wasn't really popular. They grew it in the times where. MMA wasn't even that cool to be mainstream. People still looked at it as a backyard brawl, backyard fight, you know, some, um, you know, barbaric type of sport with no rules. And they grew it and made it cool. Like certain venues, casinos, hotels, arenas, wouldn't even want UFC in there, uh, you know, at a certain point in time. And they knocked down all those barriers. And, And the type of energy, I mean, I probably, over this past week, I've been out with him three times, you know, to different events and functions. Uh, you know, Kid Rock had a thing the other day that we we kind of met up met up for a bit. It's just the energy, man, to be doing it for that long and still kind of, you know, he went there to the MMA Awards also to accept the award himself. And so that that sort of humility and, and, and grind and kind of being a rope your sleeve and stay consistent that long because there's a lot of money to go around, a lot of opportunity to go around. But when you love something that that much, you want to do everything, and it's not nothing that you won't do. So when I when I get around here, we we get to talking about some ideas and stuff. We talk about all. Well, actually, not we, me. I'm the one that's talking about this pitching uh, stuff all the time. But you know, for him to sit down, listen to it, and, and want to talk more into the meat, and, and kind of open up his time to, to go and do that. You know, it uh, it it's, it speaks a lot for for who he is and what they built. So. You guys, you and Bonnie Chill, y'all work together with uh, um, Lights Out Extreme Fighting. And she and I work together with this podcast. So if you're pitching ideas into Dana's ear, I'm going to pitch one at you right now. I think that my co-host would be an ultimate addition to the Power Slap Contest. (laughs) And that's a Dana White. Uh, Please get her into the power slap contest somehow because I think that she did not <coughs> you know what out of somebody with the power. Listen, I've only been in a couple of fights with her. Not with her. Helping her. We'll talk about that at another time. But the power slap contest is one I think that we definitely, Sean, should get her introduced to. To uh to participate or to Yes, he wants to be in it. Sean, she, I can fight. Oh I'm no, good. I'm not talking as being any kind who, of who, who does? Who, who does? Bonnie, chill. Hold on. What? Slap <laughs> the lights out of her competitor. No, she began a couple of fights. That's why. Back back in the day, Sean. <laughs> I might have been. Uh, I, I think that that might be something I can I can kind of make happen. Um, you know, I, I, I might be able to pull a pull a few strings on that one. Yeah. That that'd be awesome to see. I, he, I, I love. He didn't believe you. He's like her. Mm. No, no, no. It wasn't that I didn't believe it. It was just, I, you know, sometimes you get caught off guard. That's hard for, to do for me because not, not too many times I get caught off guard. Look, I, 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 love, I, I love the power slap. You know, in fact, um, 
I actually had the, the slapping sound as my alarm when I woke up in the morning for a while. <laughs> I, I love the hell. I love the hell a lot of that slapping noise. I'm not going to lie. There's a few people that I would love to, to manually enter in that slapping uh, contest if I could. Because, Sean, when you first started, like, did it come from when you had started on Instagram and TikTok? You would do all the, you watch, you watch it, right, Holly? It's a, you know, if they should fight or not, right. you know, yeah, right. sign them up or sign up. Is that how it actually kind of started? Um, you know, it's uh, funny about the sign them up, don't sign them up. So, you know, being in the fight business now, especially with so being accessible on social media, like, you'll have fighters to reach out all the time. Hey, I see y'all got a fight coming up. I want to get on this card. And so, you know, I was like, okay, well, send me some footage, a video of your last fight or one of your fights. They're like a highlight tape. And so some of these fighters would send me clips and I would look at them or I send them to the matchmaker and they'd be really good. And so the first thing I started to say, okay, we can sign you up for a fight, right? Then we started to have the other ones. Now people would send me videos of them getting knocked out. And I was like, dude, why, why would you send... I, why would you send me something that you get knocked out? I'm like, you sure you don't have anything else? Like, no, no, that's the one. I'm like, well, it, I, so I said, I can't sign you up. I can't, you know, you, 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 you get your ass kicked, right? Like, I can't, you're not going to be any better over here. We actually got really, really good talent. I can't sign you up. So once that happened like four or five times, I was sitting around one day. I said, hold on, sign them up. Don't sign them up. And I, it's, I, it's just, I kept saying it. And so I just posted a funny clip of, of a fight and with me trying to kind of turning because I in a way I would have I would do the same thing when I look at the screen and take off my glasses because I would be so shocked that somebody would send me a video of them getting knocked out. I was like, no way. And I took it off and I'm looking at the screen and it'll be them getting knocked out. So in fact, when I started doing that, it was me and how I would really do stuff when I saw somebody getting knocked out, take off the glasses, look at the camera, say, sign them up, but don't sign them up. And I just, out of shits and giggles, I didn't think anything of it. We did, I did it. And the first one got like a quarter million views or so. Yeah, I like wildfire. And so uh, I said, hold on. <laughs> like, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought it was kind of funny. I didn't think it was like, oh, this is going to be a big deal. I did that, like, sign them up three or four times. got a lot of views. And then I did a don't sign them up, and they got even more views. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, so people actually like the, the don't sign them up and not sign them up. So I, I'll tell you the funniest story. I was in um, I was in a gym a couple, about four or five, about four or five months ago. And the guy came up. I had my headphones on. Typically, I don't like anybody messing with me. I'm in the gym, got my headphones on. And the guy was super. He, I saw him looking at me four or five times. I just took him off and introduced myself and whatever. He said, uh, I'm a big fan, and I watched you when I was growing up. But uh, And I love those sign them up and don't sign them up videos, but I just can I, I want to talk to you about something. And I'm like, we're in the gym, dude. Like, what do you, what do you want to talk to me about? One of those times you posted to sign them up, man, I, I think it was a don't sign them up. And it, it really kind of bothered me. I saw, like the dude, the dude was like hurt. Then I posted, he was dead serious. And, and I had to look at him three or four times to make sure that he was he was serious. Like, I was like, is he joking around? He was really hurt. And did like, you know what video was? He was? Yes, yes. I know exactly what he's talking about. He's like, a, you know, the guy was holding the guy at the arms at the stadium, and he his friend was holding his arms back. I, I thought that was a I thought that was a don't sign him up, man. To be honest, I you know, and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, you, you, you're right, man. Like, you know, I, sh I should have put don't sign him up. No, but that's when I realized that people are really into it. That's when I realized yeah. they were really into it. So, um, I, I like that too, man, because I think that we all take stuff way too serious with this job. You can't look at 
social media without politics or or this happening and religion talk and who like it's just like man relax social media is supposed to be just that social media and so that it was pretty cool for me to to do that and people found it you know kind of funny oh it's great and you have fun with it now you watch it all like sometimes no. he acts like he's there where the people are and you we have acting. we have a clip we could send him from nashville yes. we were in that fight Sean, in nashville we have yeah. one i got one i can send you and that we are both in turns out that the guy that we were fighting was high on bath salts and we ended up he, night. Went, he, he went, went go down sean so i just kept going <laughs> Yeah, and Holy then she came after he was handcuffed, and then there, that was a whole nother ball of wax. But I mean, yeah. you, you should have signed this up. I'll send you the you clip. Let us know what you think about it. I swear to God, John Merriman, Brian Erlacher took him, and then I, yeah, yeah I, I spider monkey, monkeyed him on his back, had my keys between my fingers, clotting. I like locked him. You know, oh, come on. You have to watch this video. You would be laughing. I got to see it now. I got to see it. You'd be proud of us. I would, I would love that. That, I would love. Yeah, to you'd see be that. like my rain reporter can actually fight. I, right, yo, listen, <laughs> I would, I would, I would love to see that. Yeah. <laughs> now, Sean, before we let you go, let's talk about January sixth, that card, um, and where people can know all about lights out. We want to make sure we keep getting these numbers up. Yeah, yeah, January sixth, uh, Saturday, January sixth, uh, in Long Beach, lights out, extreme fight thirteen. This one's for me personally. I mean, we. We jumped. Obviously, we talked about you know ninety percent of viewership. We're, we're rising, and, and uh, we air a week later on Bally's, and we, we get a lot. We get a lot of eyeballs right now, which is cool because that that tells me the fans are enjoying watching what we're doing. This was a, was an important one because we have a, a main women's um, fight. That's what we're now. <laughs> yeah, with, with um, Abby Montez and Jackie Catalan, and, and typically I, I stay out of it. You know, we got a great matchmaker team, and Antonio, and those guys who put these fights together. So once in a blue moon, if, you know, if I know a manager or somebody personally, maybe I've trained with them, or I know that gym or something like that, I'll step in and kind of put it together. But typically for the, for the most part, I stay out of it. When I saw that these two were available and I'm like, no, no, we, we got to do this. They just brought the two names up and they were interested. I said, nope, stop it. I'm getting on the phone. I'm calling everybody. I'm like, oh, we got to do this one. Um, what's great about them too. They're very well known in the MMA community. Uh, and you know they fought some big for some big promotions before, and they brawled and go, went at it. Um, I know that there's tension too, personally, with managers and people surrounding their teams. That was another reason why I kind of stepped into a little bit. I know that they both wanted to get this done for personal reasons, uh, personal reasons which I'm gonna let them talk about. You know, doing the weigh-ins and the interviews and stuff like that. But I think that uh, more importantly, it was big for the company for us. Uh, to make sure that you know we had a women's main event because we haven't had it before. There was something I've been pushing for the last several fights, so I just thought that was really cool. And you know, got Gilbert Nak- uh, Nakatani back on this one. Um, gosh, we, we're we're stacked up. We got about 14, 14 fights total. Uh, the prelims will start around like three or three thirty, and then we'll go live on football uh, sports around six p.m. Pacific. It'd be about 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 a four hour show. So. I just think it's cool because uh, the fighters we talked about just reaching out all over the country. And it wasn't it wasn't like that early on. It was like, OK, yeah, we know Sean Murray played football, but you got to really in this with this MMA community. I've been around here for 17 years. It's very tight knit. And, you know, me being around the sport for 17 years, obviously, you know, I know all the major players and I know who's coaches, managers, gyms and whatnot. Um, but for now, for now, fighters to be reaching out to us for all over the country, it, it says a lot. You know, it says like what we're doing and they want to be a part of it. 
And I think it will be a part of Sean because of you. That's the biggest thing. When I speak to a lot of these fighters, they say they love the way how classy you are, the way you include them like your family, and the way that you handle all these fighters. And that has to mean a lot to you. Yeah, it does, right? Because I think the biggest thing, too, I'm a former athlete. And, you know, being a former athlete and also being somebody that's – I've jumped in these training camps with some of these fighters. You know, I started training back in 06 with Randy Couture and Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell and – you know, some of the biggest stars and uh, 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 legends of the sport. And then over the years, um, you know, I popped in all the gym, Black House. It was in L.A. and, and San Diego here in Brandy Couture's gym in Vegas, um, a.k.a. You, you name it. I've been in twenty over 25 gyms in the country, Fight Ready, Arizona, all these guys I know. And so I got a different level of respect for them because I know what they put their bodies through. And I know the opportunity they're looking for. And the opportunity they're looking for is what lights out. And they, they want to be seen to get opportunity to progress in their career. And the best place is for them to do it is in Lights Out. So it's, it's cool for, for, for me to give them that platform. I got a great team. You know, people like Bonnie Jill and everybody who's come on board. Um, solid, just saw a solid group of people that we're, that we're growing with. So that, that part for me is, is really cool. So are we going to be here in Texas and Dallas? Can we expect that? Because Holly's been asking. Yes. I'm, I'm working on San Antonio. I'm working on San Antonio. Okay. When we go to Texas, San Antonio will be first. But when we go back, then Dallas Dallas will be second. So. Awesome. So it's uh, lightsoutxf.com is the website, right? And then yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sean. I love working with you, for you. And it's just amazing to now speak to you about, you know, Chargers football and everything else. Yeah, appreciate it. Y'all have me back on whenever they hire somebody. So Okay, exactly. What are your thoughts? Thank yeah. you for your insight. Thanks, Sean. I'll see okay. you later. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Thanks again. All right. So I love having Sean on. And I love the, some of his thoughts when it comes to the Chargers because he's inside the organization. He knows the in and out. And he was pretty transparent. He didn't hold back. Yeah, and I think he's got some great points. And I think, you know, uh, Jim Harbaugh is, is at a at a point in his career where he's going to make a decision very soon on, or, well, and, and I guess Michigan will help him make that decision too. Are you going to extend him and give him a big, fat contract or are you going to turn and go to the NFL? And, you know, and then he was suspended for a couple of games. Yeah, so what? Look how Michigan didn't, didn't, it didn't slow them down any, but I mean, he's going to be a key name for Simmons. And there's more than one head coaching job, obviously, available oh, right now in the yeah. NFL, too. You know, but nobody's going to want to go to Raiders. That's kind of a, yeah, you know, what show in itself. We got Carolina looking at some. I mean, you, so can, get, you can get $4 tickets to go to Carolina again. So <laughs> yeah, I, I don't right. want to go there either. Woo! But, um, but Chargers is going to, Chargers is, is, a, is a, you know, a kind of a hot slot. Yeah. And I think that's why he said that things about Justin Herbert, that he is the best quarterback in the league. To like show the Spanos is, I can take this team all the way. Look what I did with Kaepernick in the 49ers. And look what I did with the defense. And players love him hate and they will play for him. And he'll get that out of you. I'm a big Harbaugh fan. So, I, you know, I'd be happy to see Chargers. I've never hated the Chargers. I always kind of feel bad for them because they never can win at all. Right? right. I was trying to get him to commit. Like, give me give me two or three names that are high on your list. And it. he really wouldn't say it. And, you know, and then I'm also just like, who's going to go in that GM position too? So, yes. um I don't know. Only time will tell. Probably rather sooner rather than later. Um, I'm disappointed in our Cowboys last night. I just want to go ahead and reiterate that one more time. But Holly, we knew this. The minute I knew that it was going to be wet, it was going to be cold. It's outside. I was like, the Cowboys are in trouble. 
And the fact that they couldn't stop the run, the Bills just ran the ball, ran the ball, and that's what the Dolphins are going to do too. Well, so. and when they play somebody that's, I, I mean, you, you, you put somebody like that in front of them, and I mean, God forbid if they, can you imagine them in the, in, in the 49ers right and now? That's what I don't like about the end of this schedule is that look at this schedule now. They're playing all the hard teams that are over 500, they're playoff teams, yep. and that's where they're going to have We got problems. Miami next. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I don't feel good about it. We'll see. Yeah, it's, it's hard to be a Cowboys fan. Really it is. <laughs> but I am one. I'm staying one. I remain. I am too. I remain steadfast. <laughs> All right. Well, we will be back next week live from Hooters again. Make sure you go to Believe. Make sure you like, subscribe. Tell us what you like. Reach out to Holly and I. Um, Who and would you like to see will... on? Yes. As a guest. And if you want to see the fight that Holly and I were in in Nashville, because I'm going to send it to Sean. Yes, that's right. That's right. So we'll be back again for the weekly pass. Bonnie Jill, Holly Huggins, and we'll be back at Peter's next week for the weekly pass. See y'all. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Merry Christmas.